Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog Podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. We're glad that you've joined us for the seventh installment of May Madness. This is about the seventh try, wouldn't you say? We've been having technology issues. Yeah, we are struggling with technology tonight. We cannot figure out how to bring a guest on. We wanted to have Jackson Chang on, so big shout-outs to Jackson. We started podcasting tonight with Jackson, and, and it just didn't sound good, and we can't figure out what's going on. So hopefully tomorrow we can figure this out. But Jackson's having a test down in Houston of some, some medical testing, and so we're thinking of Jackson and, and uh, praying for a good report. But here we are on uh, May 7th. It's Monday night. It's been a great day. It has been. We've uh, been shopping in Wichita Falls. We've been to an awards ceremony. We've been to the last T-ball game. Yes. We had our house painted today. Yeah. That's been exciting. I know. So we, we you know, you just kind of drive up on it and the painters are out here spraying the house down. Melissa has picked out the colors and we are going to live in a white house. The white house. We're going to live in the white house. Our, our our house, it's, we live in a church parsonage, and the house is kind of that salmon brick. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. And um, the church is letting us get it painted, and so we're so excited. So yeah. it's going to be a very classic look, I hope, is the plan. White house, navy blue shutters. Pink coral doors. Coral front door. It's going to be so cute. It's going to be cute. Kind of, you going for the Cape Cod Cottage look? I'm going for the Seaside Cottage. Seaside Cottage. Uh, the, the Across the street neighbors were, were standing over there, and I was talking with them, to, uh, uh, with them a few hours ago. They said, the house looks so good. You know, all that's on it is the primer yeah. that they could see. And uh, I said, well, they, have, they've, they haven't put the paint on yet. That's just the primer. And he said, oh, well, I thought y'all were just going for that rustic look. So it shows you that anything goes. Yeah, because the brick is not quite totally covered the, yeah, because it's, it's, it's just primer. It's kind of splotchy. <laughs> it's still kind of splotchy. That was so sweet, though, that they were going, oh, that looks, looks, looks cute. <laughs> I, guess, I guess when it comes down to it, anything looks better than salmon brick. I think so. I just don't know what they were. What it, it must have seemed really modern. Well, it was just in style. It was a style. Styles come and go. Yeah, that's great. But you know what? White houses have been in style forever. Yeah. And they never go out of style. Good point. So you've picked a classic color, which I is have. which is actually no color. Yes. You picked a classic no color, so a no color can never go it's, out of it's style. It's actually a very ironic choice. I was going for the highbrow ironic paint color which is white no color no color <laughs> yeah it's like that song that's alternative remember that song i don't remember who sang it uh, but this this country music he was talking a singer was wrote a kind of it's almost like a bluegrass song about alternative music and that was in the 90s when the alternative scene was really popular and yeah. so the song is a bluegrass song about a band that decides to go alternative, but they are the most alternative band ever, and they play the ultimate alternative to music, which is just silence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they get up there, and they do not play a note. <laughs> and then he says, man, that's alternative. <laughs> yeah. So, well, tell us about uh, 
tell us about tonight's topic on 31 for 31. We may, we're going to have to make this a, a extra long episode. I'm saying that ironically or something. <laughs> I'm saying that in hopes that if we say it's going to be a long episode, it'll actually it'll, be short. It'll be about 10 minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm tired now and I want to go to bed. <laughs> so we are doing, <clears throat> of course, 31 things to teach your kids all through the month of May. And number seven is teach your kids to go to hospitals, nursing homes, and funerals. Are you serious? I'm so serious. Okay. I'm not even being ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Or alternative. Yeah, that's that's, uh, just old um, ministry. That's right. And, you know, in seminary, that was something that they told us about visitation. I don't remember what professor professor it was, but he said, you know, if you can, you know, take your children along with you on a visit because if someone's in the hospital and the child comes in, children have a way of ministering to people just by their presence that you that you don't have. Yeah. That just children and I, I've noticed that. That's true. When we take our kids in, people are gen- genuinely happy that a child is in there. Yeah. Um unless they're crying. But that's that hasn't happened. I don't think to that's them. happened. No, I'm just saying, and I would say in general, people are happy for children to be around as long as the child's not crying. Wouldn't yeah. you? Wouldn't you agree? Isn't that what I said today in Target. You don't want to bring that up. You don't want to reveal. So, so I had a bad moment in Target today. You did. Do you feel, I felt like I need to confess it. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Uh, I. So Mondays are kind of a day off. Sunday, as we mentioned yesterday, is a, you know it's a, it's a tiring day. Um, you talk a lot on Sunday when you're a preacher. In, in fact, you talk for like almost at least two solid hours of just you talking to people. Yeah. And I know you wouldn't believe it, but that bothers a preacher as much as it bothers the people that have to listen. Because <laughs> you don't get to not hear yourself talk. Yeah. And I hear myself, you know, some people don't come to church every now and then. I have to I have to hear it every Sunday. Yeah. I have to hear myself every Sunday. And then sometimes I have to go back and listen to it again so I can put the sermon online. And that's double worse because <laughs> nobody likes the sound of their own voice. <laughs> I mean, that's why we, you know, whenever we podcast, we put on headphones and talk into microphones. All of the bass is rolled off of our voices. It's, it's uh, being put through a processor. Because we don't, no one likes, do you like the way you sound recorded? No, I'm think, always shocked when I, I just hear think, oh, my I voice. I sound like a big doofus. That's what I think. Like, <laughs> you, Chad, you sound like a doofus. It's so weird how that's not how it sounds in your head. No, in my head, I mean, I sound like, you know, Ed McMahon. <laughs> I sound like an announcer. <laughs> yeah. And then when I listen to myself preach, I think, what a doofus. <laughs> so it's a day off. It's Monday. We're you know, kind of tootling around trying to find Melissa a phone or, you know, whatever. Let's go to Target. You think when you go to Target, you know, unless you're upset, and I, I think being upset going to Target's fair. I mean, they've are really confused about bathrooms and such. But I never go to the bathroom in Target, you know, because now I don't even know which one to use. <laughs> <laughs> and so... That's a that's a relaxing place, don't you think? I think Tar- so. Target has a nice vibe. It does. You, most of them even have a coffee shop in them. 
Yeah. I mean, that's amazing, you know, to, yeah. go, to go to a place where you, you, you shop, but there's also a Starbucks. Right. I mean, that's just like church. <laughs> if you go to a lame church in the Metroplex, it's just like church. <laughs> Don't uh, say that. Oh, yeah, you I can't say that. I'm just saying, man. If you're trying to get people to come to your church because you have a coffee shop, then you have way underestimated the power of the gospel. I'm just saying that. Just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. But go ahead and get your latte and go to worship and you'll be cool. So, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I'm not judging you. I'm a Baptist. All of our churches are autonomous. We can do whatever we want, but we will have a coffee shop at First Baptist only over my dead body. Well, I think I'm pretty sure we have coffee pots in every room of our church. So. But we don't have a coffee shop. <clears throat> Still. We don't have bar stools. There's a lot of coffee drinking going on. And that's cool. But the way coffee should be drunk at a church is out of one of those like electronic coffee pots that's always plugged in. The big silver ones. And where you the big silver ones where you got the black lid <clears throat> pot and then you have the orange one and that's the one that has no caffeine in it. Right. Decaf. Like at a waffle house. Yeah, you should have those at your yeah. church. That's spiritual. <laughs> we have a Keurig in our Sunday school room. Keurig's okay. <laughs> Is that spiritual enough for you? But if you have a barista, I got a problem. <laughs> if I walk in your church and there's a barista, I write Ichabod over the door and leave. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need Jesus. They got coffee. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so walk into Target. And there is a baby having a conniption fit. It's a, it will not stop crying. And it immediately got on my nerves. Um, it sounded like a car alarm that just never went off. That's how I, how I would describe it. Or, or nails on a chalkboard. Or the worst sound you've ever heard in your life. It didn't sound cute. It didn't sound sweet. It sounded like a baby crying. I'm trying to relax. I went to Target because I like the vibe. You you should not even be saying this. You you are right now. <laughs> you should you should see. Just... I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna repent of the moment. No, you're and not. Then, as I've talked about it, I've gotten upset about it again. I've never heard a baby cry so obnoxiously. You, I mean that. You... And Melissa rebuked me right there in Target. She rebuked me so hard. I felt guilty all day long. Well, no, you don't. I feel terrible about it. Why me. would you have brought this up? Because confession is good for the soul. You, you've got to, you got to put it out there. And uh, I'm sorry I was so upset about that baby. You may as well get on a podcast and say, I don't like puppies. You cannot well, get on there and I talk like, about how. But I do like puppies. A little tiny baby ruined your target experience. He didn't know what he was doing. It's not his fault. He was just reacting. He wanted, he wanted. Whose her. fault was it? Don't he, say listen, it. Listen, listen. His mom had gone back there to the Crate and Barrel by Magnolia thing by Chip and Joanne. And that kid wanted to buy a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. And his mom didn't get him um, a house lantern. <laughs> his mom wasn't going to buy him any milk glass. Uh, he wasn't going to get a tiny cupcake stand, and he wanted one. This baby was so small and so new that he was doing that little... Eh, 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 eh. Imagine that. 
Forever. That's what he was doing. Forever. And his poor mother was at the self-checkout with another, with a toddler hanging onto the basket with this baby crying. And she was sweating. And she was trying her hardest to get out of there. And And instead of the pastor in Target. I'm awful. Offering to help her. Or at least dismissing the sound as not something that he should be annoyed by. <laughs> he is wishing the lady out of the store. I just thought, how, how long could it, does it take to check out? You have obviously never been in that situation. No. No, I have not. Because I wouldn't have gotten myself in that situation. But it's over. I'm sorry. I want to start a diaper drive for that baby. You are not sorry. I want to get him something special from you, Chip and All Joanne of the games. women who are listening right now are very disappointed in you. I'm sorry, ladies. And if I come to your house, I'll probably heat up my food in the microwave and be rude again. Yeah. So as we're walking away from the situation, Melissa says, I've never been more disappointed in you. Something along those lines, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. And I thought, I I have so many other disappointing qualities <laughs> that to pick being annoyed by a baby. I mean, I could tell you some things that would really disappoint you. It just shows that after you have had three children, you still do not understand what it's like to have a small baby. No, I don't under I don't get it. <laughs> How is that possible? I don't know. I just remember, I remember being in restaurants, though, thinking, why did we come here? That's exactly what she was thinking, and you had no sympathy for her. Oh, I felt sorry for her. You know, felt sorry. (laughs) I'm sure she wished she'd gotten another baby. (laughs) (laughs) Chad. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That little sucker, though, boy. Can you just call him a child? That little baby. A little, I guess, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I don't even know if I saw, I never saw him, her. I never saw the baby. I never saw the baby either. I just heard that baby all over the store. You could not get away from it. I saw his little carrier, but I couldn't see him. Couldn't see that little baby. Mm. Anyway. I don't know why in the world that you would say that on the podcast, but there's nothing I can do to save you from that, from from what you just did to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) usually i love babies right i love babies i like i like to see them from a distance (laughs) my honest feelings about babies is i don't want to get close to because i don't want to make it sick I, i carry germs i shake hands with people i push baskets at walmart you know yeah so I, I, unless I know you really well, I probably won't hold your baby. But I will love the fact that you have a baby. Unless it's crying. Like that. That baby was crying like he knew I was in the store and he didn't <laughs> like me. <laughs> well, enough about this because now I really feel guilty. Um, so I repent of that and I'm going to do better. Next time I see a baby, I'm going to. Just go up and grab it out of its mother's arms. <laughs> do not do that. I'm going to grab it out of its mother's arms, just run away, and just take care of it for a while. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't. I don't condone kidnapping. Um, <laughs> this is going downhill fast. Man, the seventh. The seventh pot. Who knew the se- <laughs> so seventh day of of May madness actually drove me mad. It only took seven days seven for days, you to crack. I cracked. I cracked under the podcasting pressure. I spilled my guts. I don't like babies. <laughs> No, I love babies. We're going to dedicate some babies. You've always been a baby person. That's why I was so surprised by the way you reacted in Target. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Let's, gonna, just, gonna, let's yeah. just count it as, you know. It was an anomaly. It was a bad day. It was a bad day. And that little sucker, that little baby, that little kiddo, <laughs> little angel. <laughs> <laughs> He was having a bad day too. We both had bad days at Target. Yeah. Let's just let's just say he right now he's laying in his crib <laughs> nursing at his mother's breast or whatever. And he's thinking, you know, that was uncalled for. <laughs> I know that everybody within earshot was thinking, why did I walk into Target? And he's thinking it was because of me. It was because of it was because of my selfish attitude. And now I'm thinking the same thing. You know, there I was. I, could, I should have been the bigger man because I was way bigger than him. I was the bigger man, but I was acting like the smaller man. And just like him, I was having I was having a bad time, and I made myself miserable. It was just my selfish pride. So, little baby. I salute you. <laughs> I I feel your apology, and I hope you'll accept mine. And we can put this behind us. And the next time we're at Target, let's um, let's just go back there and check out all the Magnolia stuff together. <laughs> so did we did we mention what the topic was? I'm so glad you made peace with that poor baby. Yeah. Did we mention the topic today? We did. Okay. So we're going to talk about this this amazing. Um, these amazing experiences that we have of going to a hospital, going to a funeral, uh, going to a nursing home with our with our children. Now, why is that? Uh, why do you, why do you think that's something that children need to experience? Well, I think there are several things about it that are important, and one of those things is that we. In the church, we're trying to live in community with each other. Mm-hmm. And and real community means, which, you know, that word is so overused and overdone. <clears throat> but I'm talking about actually being a family. Um, if you're really a family with someone, then you are going to go through their highs and through their lows with them. And so it's important for the kids to know, not only when you're a part of a church family, do you go through the valleys with people, that children, even children, also are a part of that family, and they're a part of the community, and they are included in that going through the lows and the highs and sharing joys and griefs and all the in-between. So I think that's an important part of teaching kids how to be the church. And think about if you're, you know, think about your church. I know I've already piled on your church for having a barista, but if you're, if your <laughs> church community and family 
this doesn't include people that aren't your age, you know, or people that are, you know, if it's just younger people and people your age and you don't have those people that are at the end of their race, then, I mean, that you're not going to have any funerals to go to. You know, we, uh, we were uh, on one of our previous tries at this podcast tonight. I was telling the story of how Emerald was praying at the lunch table the other day, and she prayed. She thanked the Lord that we hadn't had to go to a funeral for a while. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's the thing a kid prays for whenever they've they've been to. She's had to go to a lot of funerals. Mm-hmm. But she understands. She understands what's going on there. She's seeing people grieve. She's learning herself what grief is by watching people that we know that she goes to church with lose a husband or whatever the the case may be. So they they learn those really crucial parts of life when yeah. you take them to a funeral. Uh, and so don't be afraid to take them in there. Also, the nursing home. Uh, I don't know if what, what kind of community you live in. We live in a small community, and we all sort of take turns as churches working in the, in the nursing home, preaching, singing. And, you know, as our kids get older, I take them on Sunday afternoon when, when our church has the service at the nursing home. And they've hand out the hymn books, and they stand up by me as we sing, and they they'll help me pick out songs and they'll sing the songs, and the people love it. Yeah. And I I I don't know that they that the kids love it so much. You know, you always kind of have to drag them there, but they do when they're there. They enjoy it. Sawyer likes to pick out songs. Mm-hmm. You know what his two favorite hymns are? What? Holy, holy, holy. And a mighty fortress is our God. Really? Yeah, that's his two favorites. Huh. That's inter- interesting to me. That those yeah. are the two that he always wants to sing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's got the weird words in it. Lord Sabaoth and all those weird yeah. words, but he likes it. And then what was it? The hospitals. Yeah. Take him to the hospital. And I think it's good just in general. You know, I know a lot of people have a philosophy that children shouldn't be exposed to um, death and dying and sickness and things like that until they have to be. But I completely disagree with that idea. I think that kids, you know, you, you often say, have I already said this? Go for it. Whatever it is, you repeat um, it. Cause we had already started this podcast, so I can't remember what I said then. And, okay. Anyway, all I remember I said is I don't like children. And I don't mean it. <laughs> I love children. Um, You know, the time to form a theology is before a tragedy strikes. And so I think taking kids into hospital rooms where something devastating has happened or even just a minor illness. After a surgery or something. Or something. You know, it helps kids to begin to learn to think through these things in a biblical way. To begin to understand how God's word and how God's character mm. and his will fits in with all of these things that you see happening that are not always the best things, you know, in our in our viewpoint. And it makes a hospital less terrifying. For it makes, sure. It, it makes the funeral home less scary. Yeah. You know, if, if this is just something that happens and they don't have any way to understand what's going on, I think it makes it more frightening. But if they if they kind of grow up, you know, having to go to the funeral home and sing a casket and those sorts of things, 
they they do kind of grow accustomed to it. Yeah. And then when they have to go to a funeral or attend a funeral with you, you know, I think they just start to see it as a normal thing that happens in life and happens in the in the life of a community and then they you know you know whenever you know they as they grow older and they have to they have more personal losses in their life it's they're going to have a frame of reference to understand what's going on yeah and there there really isn't a better frame of reference for teaching the gospel than for kids to really be confronted with and to understand the fact that we all are going to die. Mm -hmm. Death comes to each of us. It's a real thing. And teaching the hope hope that that we we have. And they see so much faith lived out in church people that we know whenever these tragedies strike. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is really where the rubber hits the road in in our faith. I say it's the nursing home is where the rubber hits the road. Mm. Whenever you see these people who really cannot even communicate with you anymore, Mm. and yet whenever the hymns start, those old hymns that they've known since they were children, they can sing along. They can Mm -hmm. sing those words. And it's just... It's just remarkable. There was a lady in Texarkana when we lived there who was in the nursing home and she and it it was she considered her life there in the nursing home to be a huge ministry opportunity. She ministered to all the nurses who came in. She had a, a crocheting ministry mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. she would make little baby booties. blankets yeah. and little booties and she just lived the most um Light feel, light filled, you know, life there in the nursing home. She was immobile. Mm-hmm. She was stuck in her bed, yeah. and yet the nurses looked forward to going in there because the light of Christ was shining yeah. through her. And she could have landed in the nursing home in that health state that she was in, and have just gone downhill, negative, bitter. And she did not do that. Her faith was so strong. Mm-hmm. And and probably made stronger even by that situation. And it's so important for kids to see that. Mm. I think we discount a lot of times what we can learn from senior adults. You know, I never like to hear somebody say that a senior adult man is cute. Mm. I just don't like that. He he is a he is a man, mm-hmm. you know, just because he's old doesn't mean he's like a child. Right. And he and 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 elderly women, they have been through so many things in their faith journey, you know, that we don't even know about. Mm. And the fact that they come to the end of their lives and their faith is so strong and it's fully intact and they trust God and they know he's good. Even after they've experienced so much loss and they're the ones that can teach your kids how to grieve and how, how they see them at the funeral. And then the next week they see them at church Yeah, and they're teaching your children. If, if you'll let your children learn from them, they'll teach your children, um, about hope and about how, how even, even in the midst of something that's devastating, we can, we can go on, we can go forward because we are trusting and we are depending upon Christ. And then if you turn around and say, Oh, they're so cute. I mean, you're like, what? That's not, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. You know, that's not, that's not just being cute. You're discounting that gift that they are to you just to think that they're 
something cute in your life. Yeah, something entertaining for you because yeah. because they're old. Right. I just don't. I don't like that. Yeah. And another issue when when you don't when people have never been to a hospital, when they've never been to a nursing home, when they've never been to a funeral, uh, whenever tragedy does strike, they don't know what's appropriate as far as, like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to be careful about this. Everyone grieves differently, but they don't understand, like, that this is normal. Mm -hmm. It's almost like some people feel if there is a funeral, they have to just be, you know, completely preoccupied with it, devastated by it. Um, if it's a, someone that they knew and it's their first kind of taste of that, they think, well, I just, how you can never get over this. Yeah. How, how do you do, you know, and you see, well, you know, well, why, what's, what's wrong? Well, you know, my grandpa died and, uh, and so you go find out when, when did, when did this, when did this boy's grandpa die? Oh, two or three years ago. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, we sh- we can be sad that we've lost a, a loved one. We can grieve for that, but maybe there's some in their mind they think they don't know the appropriate way, and and they don't have that hope and that. Well, they don't have any perspective on yeah, it. Yeah, perspective to to know. Okay, you know, everybody's gonna die. Yeah. And so that was that's a normal thing, and there's a, an appropriate way or a a, a a proper way or I don't know what you would say where you're sensitive to the to the fact that you do have to go on. Right. And you know another thing about the nursing homes, hospitals and funerals that I think is so important to teach our kids is it's teaching them how to minister to other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody who wakes up in the morning and says, "Yippee, I get to go on a hospital visit." You know, right. most people don't look forward to going to spend two hours in the nursing home, Mm. you know, but these are important things to teach our kids that part of ministering, it's serving people, it's laying yourself down for other people Mm. and it's not doing exactly what you want to do all the time, Right. but it is doing what is best for other people. Right. And I think that's such an important lesson. And the same thing with funerals. Our kids, if they had a choice, they wouldn't go to funerals. But it's an important part of them being a part of the body of Christ, ministering to other people, Mm -hmm. being there for them in their time of sorrow. Mm -hmm. And our kids don't really think that much about going to funerals anymore. Yeah. And Emerald does not um, have fear of, of bodies, you know. Of dead bodies. The other kids, she, the other kids don't still aren't real keen on it though. Emerald's been to more funerals than any of them. But that's true. Um, but it is just, it's not as big of a deal as a lot of people make it out in their minds. Right. Taking a kid to a funeral, right? Kids, kids can deal with it, especially mm-hmm. if you're using the opportunity to teach them. What they need to know from God's word about what is happening here, what it mm-hmm. means, and why we don't have to be afraid of it. Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, there's nothing like a there's nothing like a funeral to get people's attention. Right. It's everyone's attention because yeah. you are face to face with the, with the reality of mortality. And I made that rhyme up just now. So Do you good. like that? I love it. Yeah, that's the reality of morality. Of Everybody, mortality. Mortality. <laughs> the reality of morality. 
That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> the reality of mortality when you I, see that I, at a funeral. I think there are a lot of people who, I mean, I ha, you know, I wrote a blog post about why I take my kids to funerals. And I had grown-ups commenting on that saying, well, I just cannot go to funerals. Mm. I can't handle it, yeah. is what they say. But you know why they say that? Because they don't go to funerals, they go and they don't understand that it's not the way they have imagined it's going to be right, in right. their brain. Yeah. So it's just so much better, in my mind, to start your kids off young. Hey, we go to the weddings. We go to the funerals. We go to the hospitals. We go to the births. I mean, we, we um, experienced all of the ups and downs mm-hmm. with our church family, and that's what it's like to be a family. Right. That's the important thing is you, you've got them in that community, the fellowship of believers, and uh, that's God's plan for us to be sanctified and to be like Christ. So all those things are happening and all those things God is using to make even us and our children more like Jesus Christ. So don't run away from those things because those are really the context in which we love one another and obey all the passages where we're commanded to do that, uh, to, to be loving to um, the brothers and sisters. So with that being said, we are out of time. So thank you for listening. It's been fun. It's been really good to finish 7 for 7. Y'all try not to think too badly of Chad. Forgive me, please. He had an off day. Me and that baby. (laughs) That baby and I. We'll see y'all tomorrow. (laughs) Bye-bye.